This is a Studio Scotch podcast presented by Scotch College, Western Australia. Hi, this is Sam Sterrett. And I'm Steve McLean. And this is The Range Project, a podcast that explores the benefits and challenges of interdisciplinary education. This is the first time we've had current Scotch students on the show, and for good reason. Noah Matthews, Hugh Mitchell and Max Donati are all very different Year 12s, but brought together through a shared passion for a new and exciting sport that's sweeping the globe, prone foiling. For those unfamiliar with the term, this is a new water sport that presents a versatile and challenging alternative to conventional surfing. These three young men have been part of a student team making prone foil boards during their final year at the college. Not only are these boys highly talented foilers, they are truly excellent examples of what it means to pursue a range of educational experiences beyond the norm. We explore the pros and cons of project-based learning, student motivation, and why it's so important for the teacher to be the student. We hope you enjoy this fun and inspiring chat with Noah, Hugh, and Max. All right, Noah, Max, Hugh, welcome to The Range Project. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, <laughs> cheers. Now, boys, uh, we've had a couple of OSCs on our podcast, but we've never had uh, any current students. Now, you guys have pretty much almost left the building, um, but this is the first time we've had current Scotch students on the program, and there's a good reason for that. You guys are involved, have been involved in a pretty amazing project uh, with Mr. McLean here at Scotch, um, and that is to do with foil boarding. Now, I'm a complete novice in this space. So, first of all, what Max, what is a foil board? Oh, I mean, it's a it's a large topic to sort of get your head around, but I guess it's just a board with a, a very, very special fin on the bottom of it called a hydrofoil, I guess, which you probably know um, listening to this video. But, yeah, it's just a very complex sort of um, fin that lets you pretty much fly on the water and get speeds you never thought were possible. Yeah. Okay. So let's say, so Hugh, let's say <coughs> I get a, I get it myself a foil board, uh, and I go down the beach, and I've got my, I've just got my foot, in, my brand new foil board that I've just made, like you guys, or yeah. I bought from the shop. Um, what do I do next? Well, there's you fall off a lot, right? Yeah, a lot of falling <laughs> off. But there's a there's almost too many options to go through. Like you can pretty much do it however way you want. Like you can do it on a windsurfer, you could do it on a kite surfer, you could do it on this new thing that they call a wing foil, which is essentially like a handheld wing that you use. But probably the majority of people and what we've mainly used it for is out in the surf, essentially doing the same thing as surfing. Okay. But that requires kind of a whole new learning how to pop up again. So it's it's called yeah. prone foiling. Yeah. So Okay. And that's where I've seen these guys. And um, I guess, how, how did it all start? Do you, do you remember, Noah? Well, I um, in the class that we were doing dimensional design, we, um, I had the idea of doing a surfboard as my project. And um, it sort of led into us seeing you out there in the fo- when we were foiling. And it's um, it just it sort of just switched to making a foil board. Yeah, well, we're all, we're all just super excited about it. And we kind of do it at any opportunity. I think. You started it first, right? Yeah, so I guess at the start of 
around when COVID started, my dad bought like a wing board because he's kind of windsurfed his whole life, but wasn't really getting any better anymore. So he sort of thought this was a new sport we could get into. And I guess back then, like literally the only people who were doing it were probably Kyle Lenny, Laird Hamilton. And that was about the only people who were actually making it look good. And then, I don't know, sometime last year, it sort of just brands started coming out and it sort of just kicked off. And then, yeah, I got into it out in the surf, which is where it's a lot more Yeah, that's fun. right. Because I remember seeing you out there, but I knew, I knew you went to Scotch, but I didn't know. Yeah. I'd never taught you before. Um, and I think we just, we started talking about it in class. We all obviously love the sport. We wanted to try and make the boards and we thought we'd make the boards, right? So, yeah. And I think you came up to me and I remember going, who is, who is this guy? <laughs> but, uh, and then you like get, raised the idea. I, was, I just thought that would be so cool. And I guess it just Well, you don't, like you in particular, and, I don't, and Max, I don't think you do either, but you don't get the opportunity to do anything practical in your year 11 and 12, right? So yeah. you're, all, you're, all, you're all friends, but you're all in slightly different areas and you've all got different skill sets. There's, you know, leadership and house head leadership there. Um, we've got, you know, Noel's one of the best I've seen at working and problem solving. And, and I don't know if that's maybe from a, a farming background or not, but is yeah. that where do you... Well, it's, it's sort of the complete opposite of what we're doing, surfing in, in the country. So, but, but you know how to solve problems yeah, as well, right? I guess so. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and you're really good with your hands. But anyway, yeah. we all, you know, we all work together and... I think together we, we did something pretty cool. And look, you yeah. know what I like and why I really – like this was very enjoyable for me as well, obviously, yeah. and that's I think it's just to give you a memento. Um, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. What I really liked is you brought something to the table and didn't just rely on me to tell you what to do every time. So, um, you know, your board yeah. in particular, you've got the graphics there. Do you want to talk about how how we – discovered how to do that or how you discovered how to do well, that? actually, sorry, Steve, before we do that, can we just go back for the layman who knows nothing about okay. these yep, four boards? Can we? excited. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting ahead of, ahead of yourself. Can we go back to like the genesis of the project? Like how did it start? Your first day in the workshop or sitting around? How, to, to Walk me through. One of you got – Hugh, walk me through that. Well, I think probably Noah knows where it started a bit better. Oh, so. excellent. Okay. Right. It will, well, I think I did oh, probably like three or four weeks before these guys even, even were introduced to the project because I, I sort of started designing it on this, um, on this like uh, CAD design program called uh, Shape 3D. Okay. And then, yeah, sort of like from there you have like, like basic models and, and um, like 3D rendering of uh, like boards that you can do. And people use it all the time for like just surfboards or whatnot. But um, we tried making foil boards on it and, and whatnot. Um, we did the prototype dock foiling. One as well too. Oh yeah, one? yeah. Oh yeah, that's it's, <laughs> oh, it's a long time ago now. Yeah, but um, yeah. So well, first we did, yeah we made pretty much got a piece of plywood and glassed it and put four holes in it and <laughs> that's the first board that we made. Okay, then, and that was and when was that? How long ago oh, was that? That's probably first first term. Yeah, would be okay. So oh, a long time ago now, but yeah, maybe like, eight. Eight or nine months ago, probably. Yeah, it was. It was, like, it was only like a two-week project because it was, it was lit, like no work at all. Okay, just um, cutting out a shape of plywood and glassing it. But from there, sort of, because I was, I still had that design to do, and then I was going to make a a surfboard, a finless surfboard. I had in mind like a rabbit's foot um, design. But then 
from there, I just got hooked on making foilboards. So okay. that's kind of awesome. when you started too, right? Did you yeah. start foiling then? Well, yeah, it would probably be almost exactly a year. Yeah, like, that's really annoying because he's way better than me and we'd be doing it exactly the same time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, Max, how did you yeah. get on board with this project as well? Because you must have been thinking, yeah, if you're anything like me and you haven't necessarily done a lot of work in a workshop or building anything, you must have had some creeping thought of, am I going to be able to do this thing? Yeah, well, I was a bit of a rookie in the area, to be honest. I had had a few goes at Hughes uh, Axis foils and like a bit of dock pumping. But yeah, I wasn't really the best foiler myself, but I definitely had an interest and like loved the sport. So like, I think it was initially Hugh came with me, Okay, came to me with an idea and he was like, oh, yo, <laughs> you want to do this foil project uh, sort of idea with Mr. McLean? And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. And then I guess... Um, just involved me in the emails and then we went to the initial uh session that we set up and just started cutting out foam foam yeah. and just went from there okay problem we had after a, we problem had, remember we got uh marcus to come in as well so marcus oh, is right. a um yeah he's a pretty well-renowned foiler and waterman and um he he designed the boards that i have and you had initially until you sold it um <laughs> So he's he's now he had a had a board originally this, which was the same that I had and he's now has no need for it because he's made his own and it actually well, we can't say it works better in case Marcus is <laughs> it works better yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it does work better so much lighter and everything just just the construction I feel like is is way different than than anything that they made yeah so we had the guest speaker we talked about some of the more kind of critical external design features that and tried to understand why there are concaves and like what the rails are for and is there a concave in the deck and all, all these physical things and uh and then we had to f- really figure out how to do the construction which wasn't easy the research was tricky yeah so what i can remember from that point is when we started probably doing the designs on the computer and i think it was kind of funny because we all started off like really thinking that that design we made on the computer is what the boards were going to end up like but I don't think that really happened at all. Okay. But <laughs> well, we we designed we them of, to to first cut on a CNC machine, like yeah. off, off campus. Yeah, yeah. And then and then we had they, to change what we were doing a lot. We we, we were going to get them CNC cut. Couldn't get that happening. Um, and you know, what do you mean they, CNC cut? Excuse so my ignorance. It's it's like you you design the, it's CAD CAM type program, so computer okay. design and computer manufactured, and yep. it it'll cut whatever you give it. Okay. Um, we pursued that for a while various things didn't happen and we had to change what we were doing and to their credit they didn't just give up at that point because a lot of people would when you hit that barrier I didn't know how to make the boards and they they were actually had faith in the fact that we together could do that which is surprising so yeah so I'm, I want to ask about that because it is a bit of a leap of faith for you guys and you're in the middle of year 12 and you got a million things on were there points through the process where you were going early on where you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a massive investment of my time or energy and I'm super busy, I need to just <laughs> totally abandon shit? I think we completely <laughs> yeah. underestimated how long it was going to take. I think we were all a bit naive to the fact that it was going to be a yeah. huge haul otherwise at the end of the year. I kind of had this idea in my head that it would be done within a term and yeah. we'd be walking out with finished <laughs> products, but that didn't happen. <laughs> okay, so yeah. you had to re- recalibrate, reassess how long it was going to take, Max. At the start, I thought it was going to be a big sort of use of my time and like something that I, I don't know why, but not something that I would enjoy that much. But I just got to the first 
sort of session when we started cutting out boards and just realized how how much I actually like just building stuff and like perfecting everything like the concaves and the rails and it's just yeah it's just a really satisfying project mm. for me at least so the time was definitely definitely worth it so it was a bit kind of you know some people say that when you get to make stuff you physically make stuff and work on it, it's quite a meditative yeah process is would you say that's true yeah that is true i because i don't really i don't do a design subject like noah so i don't really get to do any of this i'm not exposed to any of it other than in year nine and ten but that's sort of just minute projects that you're sort of forced to do and that you're sort of led down like building a lamp it's not really your choice you get to design it but the i guess the idea is sort of i think it's consume because it's so consuming as well when you're there you you can't you get a real break from what you're thinking about in your different subjects and it, it yeah. can be quite meditative yeah for sure it was also yeah. i because i don't have a foil board myself i was building this foil with the plan to buy a foil and then i'd have a complete setup so i didn't have an existing board so i really just spent a lot of time making sure everything was uh sort of perfect obviously it can't be perfect but yeah i just spent a lot of time making sure everything i did was yeah to get make a good final product i guess because you knew you would otherwise probably not be writing on anything <laughs> yes most likely yeah <laughs> okay and that they are really good pro- let me let me show you this Noah. do you want to you can commentate oh. so this is this oh, is nice. when it all kind of came together and um I think I was out this day earlier with you as well. I just came in and then oh, yeah. your dad got the drone out. Oh, no, Hugh's dad actually. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I got the drone right. out. Yeah. So have a look at this. This is... All right. Is this the first day on the board? Yeah, I think yeah. this is... This, this the first, first right. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you that are either listening or going to watch this on YouTube... Party wave. Oh, is this when... Yeah, all three of us are up. Yeah, this was a wicked wave. Um, so two of them were still on Sonova boards, I think, at that time. Yeah, um, and Hugh was trying straps and for the first time, I think, were you? Oh, I don't, I don't think it was that day he was on straps. No, I don't think so. And um, well, Hugh's on like a, a lift uh, foil, which is much harder, well, much easier, sorry, than, um, to and pump this out. This you here on the board yeah, that yeah, you had so, just made, so, first, uh, first ride. Yeah, first ride, yeah, look at that. Yeah, wow. It was, it was a wicked, we almost ate it there, but... At the um, secret spot. Yeah. yeah. So, this, yeah, that's kind of our local break, <laughs> the, the not-so-secret spot. We all rock up to and you see about 50 blokes you see every time out there. Yeah. Wow. So, these guys are riding waves for minutes at a time. Like the, it's, It makes everyone else who's sitting out there on a board waiting look like fools because they're just <laughs> they're pumping around, surfing continually for, yeah. How long's the longest ride well, you've had? Well, I had one ride up at... X mouth where I just I stopped because I got bored. Honestly, no, 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 it wasn't that it wasn't that long, but it was like it was upwards of ten minutes. Yeah. But like wow. it was, just, you have to obviously have a very good wave for that to happen. But yeah, is that is that really quite tiring? By you know, ten minutes after pumping the board, mm-hmm. or not necessarily having so much fun it's cardio. No, it is. It is. It well, at, like I think it's a really good workout because yes. these guys are extremely fit. It's hard work. Right, but really hard right. work. It's almost like that one wave, it's literally the only time I've ever done it. It's sort of like I got to that point where I was maybe after a week or two of doing it, I was at the fitness level where it wasn't like anaerobic, I guess. Like yeah. It was sort of I could just pump out, get on a wave, use that time to. So when know. you're on a wave, you can relax to a certain extent if yeah. you want to. But okay. it's the pumping back out that uh, uses everything you've got. 
Yeah. So do you think – no, can I ask you a question? Um, do you think – like it seems to me that there's a bit more bang for your buck out there in the surf on one of these because you just get more oh, time to be on your board like yeah, compared yeah. to surfing. You're obviously a well, surfer as well. Yeah, well, with yeah the whole bang for your buck, I was out down south and everyone was surfing. It was like probably 100 people out at this break um, and I was just catching the waves from out the back where it was only just breaking and going all the way back out and catching another and another and these guys were looking at me. Oh, who's <laughs> okay. this guy? Just catching all the waves. And like you pay $1,000 for a surfboard and you pay $1,000 for a a normal forward and you would use the forward ten times as much. Just right, because right. you just you're just always on it. You're always up. Or well, maybe not ten, but <laughs> use it a lot more. Yeah. Depends. So, so you guys could think you could see a, a transition of people surfers onto these in the next five, ten years, it'll be, you know, almost like an exodus from traditional surfing into this stuff. Yeah. I sort of feel like it's a bit of it relies a little bit on location as well. Like here in Perth, we don't have the biggest waves to surf. Like Cove and Seconds probably is the most local break and picks up like Nothing. rideable swell probably <laughs> once every two months. And it's just like, and then you have Dutch Inns, which is the secret spot. Probably shouldn't be revealing that, <laughs> but just down the road. And it's got like insane waves on like one meter swell, which is like every day and the offshores in the morning. And it's just like, but it's, it's horrible for surfing, but it's great no, for foiling. Yeah, it's horrible for surfing, but foiling is just endless. The break just like peels off the reef and then goes into this big chunky slab. I get not a slab, <laughs> but a big fat wave that just like you can just ride into the water and wow. just pump back out. And it's yeah. just pretty much a dream. Okay. I guess what I think is that it's never actually going to replace surfing because it's kind of they're different waves. Like if it's barreling, you're not going to go out on a foil because that's just it just gets super sketchy that's, and that's just what Kyleni does yeah <laughs> but there's it's probably once you start getting to a certain point it's almost an easier sport than surfing because you can spend like four minutes up on your feet so yeah and you don't have to paddle back out no. um, i have to but yeah at some, point, <laughs> at some point i won't have to yeah well, well I, uh, this year was probably awesome to get into it because is it el nina i think yeah, the year yeah. is so it's just been terrible oh, la, surf. la nina yeah oh, la nina yeah it's been terrible surf, so it's just just switching to foiling. You can just go to most breaks now. Yeah, you search waves. for the small fat waves. Yeah, mm. which is what you used to avoid surfing. Yeah, well, yeah I, I barely surf anymore. It's um, yeah. only yeah. if I have to. Well, yeah, wow. Okay. Foiling. The whole, sorry, the whole um like idea around like if you look at like how big it's going to be one day has just changed. Like you used to look at it and be two meters, and you're like, oh, I can finally go out. Now you look at it, it's like point eight, and you're like, oh. It's yes. going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just because you really need nothing. Yeah, like the other day we went out. This was actually the first time I rode that board surfing. And I think we were all on it. Probably the first time we were all on our boards. And um, it literally wasn't breaking. Like one wave every seven minutes. And it was just a little tiny little whitewash wave. And like all of us were getting up on the same time. We're having the best time ever. There was no one else out. And it's just, yeah, it's just completely different to surfing because otherwise you're scrambling for waves you've got to be the like the deepest person and it's all yeah and you can all catch the wave at the same time really yeah. and you're all pumping around following each other it's it's a lot more communal i think than, mm. yeah. than surfing and the crowds are also a big big bonus in foiling as well because it's sort of a new up and coming sport at the moment so obviously with surfing you fight pr for priority like most of the time and then you only get like one in ten waves in a packed crowd Whereas foiling, like, there is no priority and you can all just go and peel off in your separate ways. So pretty much every set is just every surf is on and every foil is just up and riding. 
Wow, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And you're still in its infancy, you're still not competing with yeah. with many other foil boarders out there right now. Okay. Not well, yet. part of the appeal to get away from surfing is to not have to compete with all these other surfers continually. Okay. And get away from it. I want to pivot a little bit now to the learning. The the learning experience that you guys have had. Being teachers, we're pretty interested in like these novel ways that students are learning. Um and project based learning is a really good format, we think, for motivation, engagement, um, as opposed to the kind of more traditional types of learning, I guess you could say. So I want to ask you guys, how how do you distinguish the process you went through in this, you know, the learning process? We'll start with you, Hugh, if you're ready for it. Yeah. With the learning process that you went through with this project against the kind of perhaps the more traditional learning you've been doing in, in class in the subjects you're in? Well, I think in some ways it's, it's similar. Like we've got Mr. McLean who's essentially showing us well, not maybe not showing, but working with us to find. Well, that's ways. A di- it's kind yeah. of the difference. I, I don't think like I was a teacher. So I, really, no, I was yeah. like a mentor, I was in it with maybe. Them. I don't know, just <laughs> yeah. doing it at the same yeah. time. But yeah, I guess that's we were sort of having to work it out for ourselves a bit more. And obviously, Mr. McLean having some experience with some of the stuff where we were there, having no clue what was going on. He was he was definitely helping us get in the right direction and making sure that we were cutting the fiberglass correctly, not sanding our board down to like an absolute slither or something like that but yeah yeah it's definitely um you've got to think for yourself about some stuff and you don't want to be going up and asking stupid questions because you know that no one really knows the answer i guess that's kind of the difference really like and it's a bit more hands-on with what you're doing yeah thinking for yourself is is a big factor and they came to it with a lot more of an understanding probably of what the boards look like and felt like than what i did so it wasn't it was far from me knowing how to do it and then just following my instructions. So there was really a bit more, a bit of more of a two-way street going on in yeah. the learning process between you and the boys. Yeah, and it was an interesting relationship because I know, like, even it might be interesting for you as well. But I remember being out in the surf, and um, he's like, uh, "Mr. McLean, um, if you just move a bit further on your board, you'll probably <laughs> get, you know, like, yeah, he's yeah. comfortable enough to tell me that I was doing something wrong, but." Yeah. You know, that maybe not quite the most. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, was, yeah. I see. <laughs> so it's you know, we're honesty all is the best down. policy here. Honesty yeah, yeah. is the best policy. We're all students, you know, and we're all students in this yeah. project as well. I think. So when the teacher is the student as well, yeah, is an important part yeah. of this this whole learning experience. Yeah. Okay. Um, was the lack of a kind of timeline different as well? Like. Yeah, I mean, you've got a broad timeline. You want to get this thing done. Structure, like mean, timing lack structure. Of, yeah, like a lack of stru- – because, you know, when you're in year 12, right, and you're, there's assessments and you know they're coming up and everything's laid out at April 15, you've got this test. And, you know, how did that – does that change the way you sort of were motivated by the project or not necessarily? Yet? I'm just curious I, about I guess, that. Well, if, I guess I can go first. Noah probably, well, sorry, yeah, Noah maybe we be- jump to Noah or, or Max yeah, for this go. one. All right. Um, well, I guess sort of having that time to do it when you want, which was a big option that Mr. McLean gave us, sort of scheduling around our schedule was really helpful for me at least and every other boy that did it because we just sort of we felt like doing the forward project, so we did it. And then we you got just kind of rock up and go, can we make a board today? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we'll like, say no. Or- sorry, yeah. another two yeah. hours of so your time. <laughs> you appreciated that, that flexibility yeah, for to sure. come in when you wanted to. And when you're not really that into it, like when you've got a lot of sanding to do, say, it's 
pretty boring part of the process to be honest yeah yeah you sort of don't yeah you're not up to it so and there's only like two of you there so you might just wait till the whole group's there to get a bit more sort of motivation i guess i think at one point there was pretty good waves so we yeah. decided yeah. that we wouldn't do it that yeah. day <laughs> Which is awesome, right? Like, yeah, which is yeah. Just flexibility, I think, is real key for any kind of project-based learning is a flexibility in time as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. You're not restricted, so you don't feel like you're there when you don't want to be there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I guess it also helped that everything else was structured and this was flexible because, like, if everything was flexible, then it just wouldn't – you wouldn't, yeah. couldn't really see how everything worked or was put together. Yeah, that's a good so, point. Actually, I wanted to ask you about that because you've got this traditional structure, right, of the subjects mm. and the classes that you've got, right, um, and this is quite different. This is actually quite a unique and novel approach in any schooling environment, what you guys are doing. As you said, like if you had this sort of flexibility to choose which subjects you study during the day, you know, I could do two hours of maths and – 10 minutes of English or vice versa and then two hours of my foreboarding um, project. Do you think that would be a problem? I th- yeah. Well, I think for me it would be a problem because staying on top of the subjects that I'm not that interested in that interested in, in that day is probably a little difficult. So it's just good to have the reassurance of the class and okay. just see other boys doing work. So and you then- thought they were com- quite complimentary. Mm, well, for me it was like, if I go home, I don't do work for like an hour at least. And it, instead of going home and sitting on my phone or whatever, I could look forward to coming like with my mates and building a board for a couple, like an hour, which was always nice. And Friday afternoons as well, like we finish, we finish halfway through the day on Fridays and um, being able to just, I don't know, stay at school a bit longer, do something that's not school related. Yeah. It was, and it was unwind fun. a bit with your mates. Yeah. 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 Even though you're kind of working, but you're sort of not. Yeah. It's sort of. Yeah. yeah, it's the best. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, sorry. With this, yeah, with this no. structure, I because um, I actually did the, yeah, yours the dimensional design class. I, know, I was doing a portfolio and working through like the pages um, every week, and I just sort of meet marks so I could take the photos of the board to put in like construction pages and whatnot. So I had I had a lot more structure than these other two who could just um, one day come in and sand or one day come in and just class it. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, and so yours is a bit more formalized, the well, process yeah, with the well, course. And- it, well, it definitely wasn't formal. I was just doing whatever was next. But um, I, yeah. I had to like take heaps of photos. I got over 500 photos or something of the construction. So, and then had to you know, squish that all down into three pages of construction. And, okay. Um, from, yeah, I just with the whole photo thing, it's just um, these guys were just videoing whenever it was cool and whatnot. And I was like, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Versus... Yeah, they they were the highlight reel, and he had to go through the full <laughs> yeah. process. Yeah. <laughs> so much. okay, so you guys are c- collaborating in this project, right? I, I imagine quite a lot. Um, let me ask you this, Max: Did was there anything you really learned from these two guys? What were some of the things you learned from them that you know things that you couldn't have done if it was just say you and Mister McLean? What did you learn from Noah and Hugh in the process? Uh well, initially I actually used. I didn't have much time designing the uh, boards. I actually used Noah's outline template for the board. So, like, his exact template, like the 4-3, the width, the thickness, just everything. And I just cut that to size and then I guess I sort of improvised from there. Yep. And I guess Hugh helped me with, like, because he obviously knows a lot about foils. He's been in the game for about a year. So, it was like... Um, Veteran. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess he helped me with sort of that and he was a little bit further ahead of me at stages so he helped me 
um, with the next steps when Mr. McLean wasn't there or out of the room and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hugh, well, what about these guys? Yeah, for me, I think one thing we did very well was learn from each other's mistakes. Like, if one person made a mistake, you better make sure you don't make that same mistake. Mm. So yeah. no one uh, made most of them initially. <laughs> yeah, we just, <laughs> you two made pretty much all the mistakes yeah, for us yeah. and then we just breezed through them. And it was just due to timing. We were doing it. We were kind of slightly ahead and, right, and we'd right. do something. It was like, oh, let's not, let's not do that again. Yeah. yeah, so I think the biggest example of that was when we were wrapping the um, high-density foam on, we put like a carbon layer underneath and Noah did it all the way to the edges and that meant he had to sand through like a centimetre of carbon or something. Yeah. What and we decided that. A centimetre. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So sanding through different densities can be quite tricky. And it's just things you, you can, you can't foresee these things. And if you were to try and think of the, doing this project in its entirety and plan for every error, it's not possible. You can't make things without going through this process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what about how did the, the, experiences that you'd had leading up to this in terms of the sports you'd done and the uh, you know the subjects you'd studied how did any of those things feed into your you know ability to do the project and to and to be you know and to, to be able to ride these foilboards you know the outcome you wanted um you know was there any kind of sporting background or any, what, what, sport, what other what sports experiences led you to what sports led you to this no oh well um Probably, probably surfing I did, and and also well, every every couple of years um, we have a, a main group of five who who um, just switch different like board or water sports. It went from surfing to skimboarding to back to surfing and now to foiling. So um yeah probably those types of things and just it's just about having fun really. Mm. Um and you know the ocean is you can so, so what other sports do you do though you, footy as well yeah well, I guess yeah footy and and tennis are pretty um cardiovascular is that the word? yeah cardio um, yeah, yeah just using a lot of cardio because cardio is everything when foiling yeah pumping back out and whatnot but, um yeah but once we're into into it um i really didn't know like surf foiling at all it was all dock foiling yeah so that's just pushing off off a jetty or something like that and tr- going to pump straight away so if you if you see a boat's going past um the river like east frio jetty or something like that there'll be these boys waiting on a, a jetty sitting on it and then they see a big boat comes past and they run and jump on their board and pump out and ride the wakes of these boats as they go past. Wow. Can you then kind of like piggyback from one one way to the next, if that, that makes sense? Yeah. Like you can jump yeah. from one. I guess last season we probably weren't good enough to do that, but this season it should be a lot of fun. But there's videos of guys who get up and be going for 20 minutes, just yeah. going from boat to boat. And hope and just, that a boat comes the other way. Yeah, you just have to, <laughs> they just keep going until one comes the other way. Otherwise, they're having a long walk back to where they started. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's sort of hard to like, I don't know if you know the wake of a boat, it's sort of hard to drift forward onto the, uh, I guess, the more powerful one if you're on a weaker one behind, I guess. So there's multiple yeah. waves behind a, the wake of a boat and they call it the first one, second one, third one. Yeah. Okay. And it, okay. It just depends on the speed of your foil, I guess. If it's faster than the boat, obviously you can make it, but most times you just have to, if you want to hitch another wake, you just have to like double back and get on the one behind Okay. sort of thing. Yeah, it's incredibly challenging. Like to yeah. to be able to pump and do the, it's it takes amazing coordination. And like I don't think you can do it without the kind of background that these guys have in just so many different sports. So do you think there's a threshold of fitness you kind of have to have to even be able to get be in the game? Minimum fitness. Maybe. You have to be a, you have to be a bit fit. You need to be a little bit 
fit, obviously, but I don't think for actually like the technique that you need, it's probably not all fitness. It's like if you're wanting to go for four minutes, you need a lot of fitness at that point. But if you're wanting to actually learn how to do it, you probably won't really need anything. It's all in the, in the technique and the balance that you've, you have to have learned how to surf. Like if someone was trying to come into the sport, never have surfed, it would almost like telling them to go to a dock foil. It, there's no chance they were getting anywhere close to doing it. Mm, and even my dad, who's done quite a lot of wind sports and stuff, he really struggles with the dock. Well, I, right. I, I've, I've surfed since I was five, and the first time I tried a dock foil, I couldn't even yeah. get onto the board. So Okay. So if, if I'm like for, for – let's say you've got these young young Scotch boys who want to get into foilboarding, like let's say they're you know 12-year-old 12 year, 12 year young guy, what, what's the first step? If he gets his foreboard, what, what does he job. do first? <laughs> Check your three grand. Um, yeah, just, yeah oh. okay. Well, once <laughs> once he's forked out three grand and he and he rocks up down the beach or the river, like where's where, where's step one for a total novice? Just got to send it, really. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you got to go on the deep end. I think there's no easy options. Yeah, it's no right. easy the options. steepest learning curve. But like once you hit that threshold and you understand the balance, you understand the foil. It's like it's, it's very hard to pinpoint what's wrong as well. Like yeah, I've been watching is. myself on videos. I've had people trying to give me advice on it, and I have no idea what it is that I'm doing wrong until one day I just go, oh. And different boards mm. and different foils have like different. Well, what I've found, because I've tried a lot of these boys' boards, not having my own foil until recently. So, like, a lot of di- different boards have different pressure points. So, you, like, need to find the center, I guess, to make sure, like, you can put weight on your heel and weight on your toes to turn where you need. Because if you just sort of, if your heel's on one side of the board, it just, like, sways it. And once the foil's moving in one direction, it just keeps going that way and it okay. can be pretty dangerous right yeah. so it's quite it's there's quite, a big wing underneath we should have brought one in as well but yeah. mm. we'll get a photo maybe we'll, we'll put up we'll we put, put up a photo of, of you doing a, a backflip on your <laughs> yeah oh yeah i guess we can show that video now yeah, it's yeah. a show, bit timely show, so, okay. so, yeah, show yeah, yeah. That. yeah so i guess the um progression foiling is you kind of start um without foot straps because that's a lot easier and then um some of a lot of people have kind of been transferring over to using foot straps so um, I tried the other day and there's this other guy out there. His name's Mick McCormack and he's a very good foiler himself. And he tried foot straps before and he kind of convinced me to have a go at doing a backflip. So this is like this my is the first third, attempt or not first. This was third attempt, but unfortunately my first attempt was better. <laughs> Bit of beginner's luck. Is that Mick filming you behind? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So he got this video. What uh, are you seeing, Sam? <laughs> what am I saying? I'm saying you're heading back out into the surf. You're pumping hard. Whoa, okay. And the backflip has, yeah. hasn't been executed, but it was a good effort. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I was talking to Noah about this as well because you have a bit of a trampolining background as well. Is that, is that the yeah. case? Um, well, I guess we've all jumped on tramps a little bit and stuff like that. Oh. But um, it definitely has another bit of a risk associated so, with it because so, like – what I like to say with when we're on the wing is it's kind of like playing with knives and balloons. Yeah. It's sort of um, <laughs> a three two foot things. Kn- yeah. A three-foot yeah. knife strapped to the bottom of your board. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. And a big inflatable and a, yeah. Yeah, balloon. So you can see how things go wrong. Wow, well, okay. But they tend to go wrong far less than you'd expect. Yeah. Which is yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So less Touch less wood. injuries so far than, than on a surfboard. Definitely. Yeah, I think so. Well, um, everyone's starting to wear helmets now. And, yeah, um, I think yeah. it's McLean just, just he's broken one. Yeah, I've been rocking him. <laughs> he he yeah. wore one first session, I think. He yeah. broke it. Yeah. And um, 
I don't think you hit anything, though, did you? No, I just <laughs> yeah. fell in the water. Yeah. Well, um, and like headgear, just because... but you feel it's quite high. Like I remember initially, like you're you're quite high on the water. Yeah, and it's a weird weird experience, and yeah, you can if you fall on that blade. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, you just see yeah. heaps of videos out there of people like trying to dock foil and like leaning over a bit too far forward and the board turning. And just laying like right in between the wing and the, um, yeah. and the board. And okay. Videos of um, wing dingers, which we were talking about before, which is the wing <laughs> held above the board, and they like they sway their, their foil one way, and they just like fall off the other way, and the head just goes directly. <laughs> I can into actually the remember that exact foil. video you're talking yeah. about. Oh, that's wow. where they kind of bend in half, right? Yeah, and the... some foils have like um, sort of curved tips, but some are just like pointy and sort of all chopped. The, all the new ones are kind of just straight on the edge because. Yeah. That's what makes them faster, yeah, well, and more lift. Yeah. Well, an example of, of someone landing on it was um, Dan Quinlivan. The, um, he's one of the teachers at Scotch, and he, um, he does a lot of wingding, and he's, he's gone up for, I think, an air or something like that, and as he's come down, the board's come off his feet, and he's landed on the side of the wing, and it's just, just separated the thing from his board. Oh, wow. So, he's hit it, yeah, he's hit it pretty hard, and... Um, so, yeah, just don't buy SMIC boards. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there goes your sponsorship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your sponsorship. Oh, we might have to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> he only um, rides his own boards anyway, so he's yeah, yeah. fine. He knows how to make <laughs> oh, them. Yeah, yeah. Another thing I think just with injury stuff is you definitely are more likely to get injured when you're learning. Even now, like trying to do stuff like that, I guess is it looks pretty dangerous, but I kind of sort of I know where everything is now. When you're starting off, you kind of popping up and you just have no idea what's going to happen like the board can go it's like riding a bull almost you just don't know what's going to happen right, right. yeah it's very unpredictable and I, I feel the same way now i feel like i know where the board yep. goes and it's fine but initially you're like oh my god what's what's going on <laughs> yeah here? and that's even when you've been a surfing for years yeah it's, it's really nothing like surfing it's a whole different dimension so the use of altitude it's it's another degree of freedom at which yeah. That you have to control and, and when you first start, it takes your entire mental capacity just to stay stable, not even thinking about doing anything, turns or pumping or anything. You're just, you're just using everything just to, well, at least I was. These guys probably mm -hmm. weren't yeah. in that no, mindset for quite as long as me, but. Okay. Yeah. Funny story at, I don't know if you, if you remember, but at Garden Island, we we're trying your foil. And oh, yeah. It was like, I hadn't had a foil back then, obviously. Hugh was pretty new, new to it as well. And I sort of fell off and I, did a decent oh. effort jumping away from the board, but it, it just had so much momentum because it was like a six foot, yeah, this like is when we were 60, using like 70 liter board. Yeah. It was insane. It just had so much momentum coming my way and it just hit me in the head. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, and then I remember popping up, you hopped on the boat and we were like, Max, you got a, you got a cut on your temple. Yeah. And we were like, oh. I was like, oh. oh. oh right. And then okay. that sort yeah. of put me off falling for a little bit. And I was like, oh, I don't. Not sure I really want to go back into the sport. Mm, the danger. And then a couple more um, falls, but then I was sort of got to my feet and sort of found the right balance and then it was all just so yep. much fun from there. So yeah. I'm thinking when COVID sort of, you know, blows over to some extent, well, it looks like we're going to be living with COVID for a while and you guys get a chance to go on a foil safari is there any is is there an opportunity to go you know like a surf trip take your four boards or do you need to go anywhere else so have you got because of the nature of fourboarding you can just stay right here in our backyard have you got any ideas about that well i think we're actually quite lucky that probably the some of the best waves for foilboarding in the world are in australia like we've yeah. got i guess 
Dutchies, you can't really put it up there, but it's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> then you've got, uh, like up north, that, like in Exmouth, in <laughs> up north, it's good. Um, over in Byron and stuff. Yeah, I, Noosa. Head Noosa. over to Noosa. Anyone thinking oh, about it, you should move to Noosa. But I don't know how you get a wave there. Tea, but tea Tree Bay, place like that, where it just goes forever. Skeleton, okay. Was Skeleton Bay or something? Or East Africa? Oh, um, oh, yeah. I think that's more of a surfing wave. Yeah. What's the one? I've seen the one that led Hamilton surfing for oh. incredible. Oh, Maybe Nicaragua or something. Oh, yeah. I've oh, seen yeah, that yeah. video. That's insane. Yeah. Was that essentially, the, is that the VR one? Yeah. 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 yeah wow. I think that was Nicaragua. And it, yeah. it's just keeps going. Hundreds and hundreds of meters. Yeah. Crazy. So I think essentially the best way of foiling is the longest wave. And it doesn't really matter how good it is. It's just got to be long and almost, well, probably almost bad. Like if it's barreling, good for surfing, you don't really want to be there. Well, yeah, there are guys gotcha. as well, which is another another thing. I don't know how much you've done a little bit of this, but kind of downwinding. But there'll, there'll yeah. be people that ride the, these ocean swells. And uh, I know Marcus we were talking about before, he'll, you know, he'll go over to Rotto and then on a boat and then say I'll I'll see you back. I'll see you back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I think that camera's just out by the way. I've just gotta sorry, I've just pause. Yeah, I guess talking about Marcus, he's a a lot of people call him like the foil wizard or something because he's yeah. truly he might not be well out in the surf he's probably about as good as us, maybe a little bit better. Okay. But then um downwinding he just he's a jet. Like he right. he my dad Same. did a race with him and he um like my dad's on the wing and he came in an hour earlier than him. Doing so, essentially, he's gone down these wind chops and he's going faster than the wind chop the whole way down the coast. And it's just, and is that just he's got this intuitive way of knowing how to jump from chop to chop? Yeah, he also he also designs the boards and and some I think has started designing the foils as well. Okay, so he would have specifically for that kind of task, or like like all round, like the most the Sonova boards are all designed by most of designed by Marcus. Okay, so um. Yeah, so he would have like a, a really good understanding of how to use them and like certain yeah. like wow. years of experience of just wave riding and just reading so I, swell. So how think, long would that um, take him to get back from Rotto to? Well, I guess that that might be like a kind of a rare case of what happens. Yeah. I think normally they ride the Southwesters, which is the sea breeze that we get in Perth. They will go from I don't know anywhere along the coast. You just go up the coast. Yeah. Um. So I think Marcus probably started doing that. He started without the foil. I'm assuming on like a. Just paddle a paddleboard. They yeah, called that downwind. Yeah. yeah. And then he kind of, I think he's gotten into this foiling because obviously that unlocks a whole new level of things that you're able to do. And he essentially will get up on a wind chop. I'm not quite sure how they do it. I've never really seen a proper video of anyone doing it, but they sort of just pump up on like their paddleboard okay. onto a wind chop and then they'll just ride that chop or link up chops for 20Ks down the coast. And that might be like an hour trip or something. It's yeah. incredible wow. to see. And the knowledge to know how these swells are combining to constantly be falling really so that's what they're doing they're finding ways that the they're always on the the falling side of the swell wow it, it's and, and the consequences sort of, of stuffing up are quite severe too so you have to have a lot of confidence and knowledge cuz you're going to be 10 kilometers out into the in the middle of the ocean yeah. basically yeah i've got a funny story about it, it was Hugh, Hugh, this other bloke that uh, does it James Bennett who's also um also uh into into his foiling we um we were both on uh these arm or probably no one people who don't know what foiling is, is armstrong's a brand and um on these old wings that you could used to be able to buy um 1550s um and and hugh's just just gone first wave just straight down the beach all the way from dutch inns to cottesloe which is oh, about a kilometer 800 meters 800 meters oh, a kilometer wow. okay 
uh, James Ben and I have uh, have hopped up and started pumping on these old old the like the low aspect type type wings and um, made it about two hundred meters. Um, had about two minutes offshore as well, and just 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 can't. It got the legs, stuck. The yeah. legs just started burning too much, and, and we fall it off. Um, but you can just see like the amount of um, difference in like uh, types of foils, and also like the experience. Because okay. Hughes Hughes probably had a lot more experience downwinding than James and I. This was the first time we'd tried, and we just, it was a long paddle. I tell you, yeah. I tell you that much. <laughs> so you know these e foils. Mm. Is that a bit like? Is that a bit like people saying I'm not riding to work? I'm going to take my electric bike. Is it? Is it? Does it fall into the same category amongst it, foilers? It's, it's like it's probably you're not doing the work, mate. Sort of. I feel like you kind of want to be careful talking about it's, that. It's probably I've got, co- everyone's got a bit of strong opinions on that. I think I can yeah. probably. It's probably the coolest way to spend 15k. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I call them FIFO foils because it's most of the FIFO <laughs> workers that can afford. To, to do it right, but, right, right. Okay, yeah, so you, you don't have a bone to pick with the the actual. Like it's a pretty fun experience being on one of those things. I've never been on one. I don't oh, okay. know. If you guys, I've used one once. And okay, it's just well, the boards that they usually come on are massive, so it's like a paddleboard pretty much. Okay, um, with yeah, just a motor on the bottom which lifts you up, and it's it's you would expect it to go a lot faster than it does, but they they they're pretty fun, like. Okay. Not a lot. I think it would be yeah. limited for me. I think um, it's I'd not, like it for the first half hour and then... Yeah, you know. I've never used one, but I've seen uh, down on the Mozzie Park foreshore, there's been like an e-foiler and then another foiler behind him and they had a rope and they were just towing each other around the bay and they're just like pumping. And then, that oh, sounds okay. fun. To p- yeah. tow into yeah. waves would be pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it would be so fun. It's an expensive sport. Expensive expensive yeah, you well, may as well just, just buy a jet, jet ski. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, so I just want to come back um, before we move on to our some of our final quickfire questions, Mr. McLean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to ask you a little bit about this because I know your philosophy um, that you apply not just in this project but in the um, music instrument making that you've done in the past yep. and a few other projects, this idea of this perpetual learning journey and, yeah. and what that means. And, and yeah, uh, can you tell all of us about right. the well, philosophy what behind I, that? What I try to do with my projects that I've done, um, most of my classes will be make a project that's fun initially, that, but it also where the learning doesn't stop when you've finished making it. So making a project that's fun and useful and high quality means you're more invested in making the, making the product. So you understand the physics behind you know, composite materials or something like that. Um, you know, understand what the channels do to to the flow of the water over your board, all those kind of things. But so you're interested in making the board, you're motivated to do it because you like the, the product and you're going to make something really good. But then it also takes you on a different pathway as well. So your learning ha- hasn't stopped now. You've got a you've got a you've got a brand new hobby that you didn't really have before, right? Um, so it's we we like to. I think it's well. Teachers like to encourage learning for your lifetime, right? Life, lifelong learning, and I think it's just a good thing to do, whether whether you're a teacher or a student. So, well, that, I think that term is bandied around a lot in education, yeah. right? It's like we're going to be lifelong learners, but I think this, this is project, a way to apply it. Yeah, right? I think so this you, project you, actually this, does it. Yeah, um, and I there's a lot of people who talk about these kind of things. It's just it's not. I don't think that's good enough to just talk about it. We need to find ways of applying that in schools and so this perpetual learning journey thing is um, to create something like a musical instrument I've had boys that are, don't know how to play music at all 
um, they'll make a ukulele and then they'll begin a whole journey about music. So, yeah, that's an example. Yeah, I think it's an amazing philosophy and pedagogy and all that kind of stuff. So I think this is really unique what you guys have done. I don't think there's anybody out there in WA or in Australia who've literally just made their own four boards as part of a school project that they're driving. I mean, I just don't think I think that's super unique. And um, the other question I had was um, now, like after school, now that you, got, you guys are going to be obviously carry on with this and you're interested in it, could you see yourselves um, doing anything more in this space down the track, you know, building these kind of things? Um, you know, you're off, obviously off going to be off doing very different things maybe at uni, who knows, but could you see yourself um, – Returning to this, so you can have a bit of a break after having made one. <laughs> yeah, I think I've, that's kind of the feeling I've had. I really enjoyed it for the first three months or something like that, and that was kind of just like I was really excited to get into it. I was excited to have everyone doing it. And I still enjoyed it to the end. It was just sort of it became quite like sanding. Maybe was the thing that threw me off a little bit, but it's definitely a, it's a process. The next time I we'll just be- love, I love. That they've had an appreciation of what how long it takes to make things. I think that was a really good lesson. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm probably quite the opposite to here. I kind of want to design another board with everything that I know now and just like absolute make it absolute perfection. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I definitely see things in my board now that I sort of regret, obviously, but that's part of the learning. But yeah, I'd love to make a new board that's just. So good in every way, and yeah. maybe even just apply the skills you've learned. Yeah, yeah, again sure. soon, soonish sort of yeah, thing. Before I forget. Yeah. Oh. What about you, Noah? Oh well, I think these are two other blokes going to to uni after school, but um, I never really had a mindset to go to uni, and um, definitely making the boards in school has, has just like set off a new mindset. I like I want to make boards now. Yeah, just like yeah, yep. um. It's probably not a, probably not the best career path, but um. Matthew's shapes. Yeah. <laughs> pulse, mate. Oh, pulse. pulse. Yeah, and, um, yeah, you can see that. <laughs> um, Are you trying to get a job? Right? Is this a, is oh, like an interview or yeah. dropping all these names of brands? No, that's his brand. Excuse my ignorance. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. I thought you were. <laughs> shout out to Stand Up Sir. I think it's <laughs> fantastic. That looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's the board I made this year. Um, yeah, yeah the Pulse brand for the. I like portfolio. the brand. I like the. I like the font. The brand. The way yeah. you designed that. That's well, great. Yeah. Well, that's where the, the the foil projects come as well. This um the the hashtag the foil project. I think was um Mr. McLean's way of showing everyone everyone on Instagram what we we're doing. Fantastic. So um yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and as soon as we finished making the boards, um well I finished before these two, and I was coming in even when I hadn't got a board to make just to to, to look yeah you were helping just, us out to help, help them out just because it's so cool yeah yeah it's yeah. just it's so cool and it's actually been really hard to get boards in perth due to COVID as well and so it'd probably be a good opportunity to start doing this kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah definitely and what a cool thing to just be doing what you love doing yeah. all day yeah well yeah. i pretty much because i did the course i did i get an hour to do it in school and then we did it most afternoons so i got two hours every day and um and I also did metal work, so three hours a day I was doing construction of just products and it was just... And you are in heaven. Here. I was in heaven, yeah. <laughs> I spent my life in the science block just because I, I had four classes of my five in there. And it's just oh, wicked. that's brilliant. Yeah. Can I ask you two guys just for... Yeah, we've got a bit of noise here because I think there's a, some kind of event happening at Scotch tonight. Oh, is that one right now? Yeah, yeah, 
What event's more important than the foil project? Well, yeah, the foil project, uh, the crowd, <laughs> they, the crowd could be all out the front, just oh, waiting. Let yeah. us in to see the foil yeah. project, guys. Yeah, you can, can really hear, you can, you can hear really hear it with yeah. the headphones, but you can't hear it at all when you take when them off. Take, yeah, that's interesting. Um, oh, maybe you can. I think you can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, how long have we been going? And that, and that, oh, look at that. All right. I'll get I'll get them back on and then we'll do a wrap up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Perfect. There's just unlimited stuff to talk about foiling. Yeah, it's for ages. <laughs> you could just go down to anything. You could, yeah, you unlimited waves, it. unlimited conversations. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many stories. We've only been doing it for like a year. Yeah. Hey, wait until we're like 25. Yeah. Imagine. I don't even know what it's going to look like when we're 25. Imagine the wings are all just going to be like. Well, that's kind of one of my questions before we go. Is like, yeah. so maybe have a think about the future of of foilboarding. What do you think that's going to look like? What are the the ways it's going to evolve as a sport. I you mean, know? you see, like, you see these wings in the stand-up surf shop. They're selling, like, first they designed the 200 uh, lift series front wing, which is, like, 200 inches squared, I think, is the measurement. I think so. They all do weird yeah, measurements. So. They all do weird different measurements. And okay. then they went to the 170, which is a bit higher aspect and then a bit lower volume, obviously. Okay. And then they came out with the 120. And then now they've got the 60, which is like tiny. Oh, it yeah. is like minute. Yeah. It's the size of pretty much a back wing, which is should theoretically be like yeah. one fifth of the size of your front wing. And it's just like, just blows your mind how something that small can, yeah. can actually work. Can work. The I, last year or two, technology has changed quite a lot. Okay. I guess the main thing we've seen or like kind of, I was quite lucky when I first bought my first foil, I got one which they called high aspect which is essentially where they compare how wide the wing is to how like they call it the cord. It's essentially front back width. And so a high aspect wing is really wide compared to how long it is like that way. And um, yeah, so I guess they, the trend has been that the wings have kind of tended from low aspect to high aspect wings. And I think that it, they makes them more efficient so that you have a smaller like area moving through the water. Cause obviously the less things you've got moving through the water, the faster they're going to go. Less drag. Yeah. The harder right. you can turn them yeah. or whatever. Same okay. lift for a lower drag pretty much. Yeah. So okay. essentially like the wings that we're getting now, I know Noah just bought a new one yeah. <laughs> like literally two days ago. If you feel how thin it is, it's, yeah. well, it's ridiculous that it gives you any lift at all. Well, when I first bought my, my first setup, everything was like pretty thick and, and bulky. Just because it, I, you know, that's what, that's where it was at at the time. And then a year later, my, I think my front wing now is thinner than my back wing, which is, <laughs> if crazy. you see the size difference, yeah. that would, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you, you, I could probably get a photo, but there's a, it would be, um, what is it, nine, nine twenty-five squared versus fifteen, fifteen, yeah, over oh, no, the back, back yeah, back one's two thirty-two, yeah. There must be a hard limit to it all, though, right? Like just like a mobile yeah. phone, you know, phones mm, have gotten. Yeah, Smaller and smaller, more more compact. But then there is a there know, is yeah. yeah. They're playing with that all the time. But a lot of these technologies come through like the boating, um, you know, America's Cup type stuff because right. they use the foils in in a lot of sailboats. Yeah, um, yep. So everyone's playing with it and modifying it, changing it, trying to get the perfect combination. I got, okay. I got like a pretty new foil. I don't know if many of you know it, but it's called the ART nine ninety nine. It's like from Axis. It's from the Axis Research Team. That's the acronym ART, and it's like. <laughs> their newest like series of wings and it's like super super wide as he was talking about super high aspect okay i don't know what the number means anything to you but it's (laughs) 9.9 aspect ratio which is like really high you expect (laughs) others to be in like the lower sort of four to five to six that's nine nine point nine to one 
That's yeah. the yeah. that's how the ratio well, works. Okay, so the, gotcha. and the width. Yeah, versus the, the tailing the, edge of the front wing is like I'm not even exaggerating here. It'd probably be thinner than the tip of like a knife in my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it, it'd be close to that. Like it's insane. That there's is a, incredible. There's a funny story we got the other day when Noah rocked up with his new board and didn't have a leg rope for it. And so he's got this rope oh. in his car. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. I've got to tie my leg rope yeah, yeah. on. So I was like, I flipped over my board. I was like, here, give it a shot on the back wing. It might be sharp enough. And Noah goes, oh, this is not going to. <laughs> yeah, 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 clean cut. <laughs> oh wow, okay. So yeah. anything to get out of the surf. Mm. <laughs> All right, well we we better wrap it up. Um, are you going to do quick fire questions? I think questions? I have to. Right. Very quickly. super quick ones. Very but, quickly. Um, okay, we're going to go around. Yeah, go around. Each person. Okay, um, we do this with all of our guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe just that hob album. Are you going to do that one? Favorite okay. album. Okay. Oh. Oh. All right, let's just finish with that then. Deserted Island with a foil. Deserted Island. And yeah, waves. I was going to say, yeah, Deserted oh. Island. You're all on a Deserted Island. Oh, yeah, you've obviously got your foil with your favourite foil. Favourite album. Oh, this is, hang on. That Max. Hang on, hang on. Favourite album. Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. Oh, hang on, sorry. We'll just... All right. I'm going to start this last bit again. If you I actually really need to think about that. I yeah. feel like this might be a weird thing to say, but I don't know if... Our generation listens to albums so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do I say favorite Spotify playlist? Yeah, go follow Vibe Town. That'd be better. Yeah, no. probably say artist. Yeah, yeah like, we artist. don't listen to songs for more than ten seconds, sir. <laughs> yeah. Nah. <laughs> What's an album? <laughs> yeah, I could probably tell you the two or three albums I've listened yeah. to in entirety. And so then they would be in my top three. (laughs) I could probably name them. I I, I don't think I can actually name like an album's name because they all like there's all the ones now are so complex and just right versus like songs. Surely Donda. No. (laughs) Surely to yours is going to be Dreamland. It's very personal thing, isn't it, to say like what's my favorite or favorite artist? Maybe we should go with that. All right, we'll we'll try that again. We'll try that again. Okay. Okay. So you're you're on a deserted island. With good waves and a foil, and um, what artist would you? Because we had this discussion off air, and realised when we asked um, what album you'd listen to, you guys don't listen to albums, <laughs> and we're old. Um, so, what artist would you listen to, or maybe favourite song artist? I don't know. You answer it how you want to. What would you want to have on your Spotify playlist? Or on a desert, on a desert, on a deserted island with internet. <laughs> uh, it's it's got to be ABBA. Like, <laughs> bit of ABBA while I'm out on a foil. You couldn't get much better than that. I mean, I, I'd i probably have to go for a mix, but depending on the mood I'm in, if I was in like a, uh, I don't know, it's a hard choice, but recently Hans Zimmer has been sort of <laughs> meeting my oh. expectations in a uh, when I'm in a sort of, I don't know, intense yeah. mood. Wow. In yeah, my feelings. Hans yeah. Zimmer, big fan but, of Hans. No, aside from that... Uh, <laughs> Probably can't go past a good Sticky Fingers song. Yeah. 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 Okay, Super bit of a fan of, yeah, okay. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've got to agree that probably the most of the stuff I listen to is like indie. I yeah. guess maybe Glass Animals or something. I can't really think of anything else. Yeah, that's going to be my, my go. Huh? Okay, cool. gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the Range Project. It's really amazing to get insights from, you know, these are the first students we've had on the show and um, this project just sounds amazing and we're just really grateful you've come in in the midst of your year 12 exam preparation um, to share your experience with 
the project and all the work that you did with Mr. McLean. So thanks, boys. It was a pleasure working with you. Yeah, thanks for yeah. all the hours that you gave us because it really, like, we wouldn't have gone anywhere without your help. So. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you out there. Yeah, yeah. see you out in the water. Yeah. Cheers. Right. Thanks. Good stuff, guys. Cheers. See Thank ya. you. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Range Project, proudly supported by Scotch Parents, Scotch Teaching and Learning, and the Old Scotch Collegians Association. <laughs>